This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Today's show is sponsored by Club W. Humans have been making wine for thousands of years, and they've been confused about which one to drink for just as long. Club W are leading the grape-to-glass revolution and taking the headache out of shopping for wine. Our listeners can get 50% off their first order right now by going to clubw.com slash badchristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, you piece of Pull your heads out of your own ever in life forever. Ooh, that felt good. I've had that built up for a long time. Well, welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. My name is Matt, and seriously, thank you for coming back. I won't bore you with a long intro. I ain't got much else to say other than that today, other than we still could use some really cool, we hadn't found the perfect locations just yet for our acoustic shows with Devin coming up. You can look at those at Emory. Uh, acoustic.com uh, we're basically sold out but we're going to squeeze out a few more tickets if people are still interested uh, you should do that sooner than later we're looking for some spaces that maybe here's what I think would be great downtown in an urban place a coffee shop or something maybe a coffee shop that closes at 6 and you know somebody there you work there and maybe we could kind of use it for a private event rent it out use it for free something like that would be ideal if not somebody has a really cool home that's in an urban space in Dallas San Antonio Austin or Houston, or uh, an art gallery, a live-work loft space, email podcast at badchristian.com. We've got some ideas in some places, but still don't have the ideal locations. We want this event to be very special. We're going to be doing tons of Emory songs, a bunch of cool stuff. Devin's going to be there. Um, It's going to be super sweet. So check that out, emoryacoustic.com. And uh, we'll see you guys soon in Texas. Tickets are selling so well that I can tell you we'll be able to do this in other places. This is a great idea. Thank you for for, uh, buying tickets so far. We're going to be able to do this more this year, and we will come to more cities. So great! that's great news for everybody in the Emory world. So, as always, you can support the show by going to the website, click through the Amazon link, and do any of your shopping that you are already going to do there that supports us. You could join the BC Club. I'll tell you what else is super helpful. When you tell other people about it, we would love for more and more people to hear this podcast. They can decide if they like it or not, but if you like it, don't be embarrassed. Just, just tell your friends, tell your pastor, tell your dentist, tell your plumber. See if they like it. Give you something to talk about. All right, let's get to it. Do the episode. Thank you guys for all the support. For real. Here we go. Joe, you ready? I'm ready, dog. I got a beat ready, dog. Back in the day when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the day when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a... Three, two, one, it's the big Christian old school podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Did I screw up your beat that you wanted to do? Uh, Matt, is this video going to be shown to people? I don't know. I, the, I love the archive of just how Joey has to see it. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, it's a comfy couch. But I know. That's not enough. It's unbelievable. I'm For those of you that are just listening and not watching this, Joey's leg is way up in on the armrest. Higher than his nose. Knee is nose level. A little higher. Knee is at I mean, forehead level. Like I'm that. stretching. What do you? You don't, don't do anything though. Why do you need to stretch? Because stretching is healthy. <laughs> How often do you stretch? Only when you sit. That's not true. 
You do stretches? You do yoga? Yep, I tr- no, not yoga. That's demonic. Hell no. That's I what, don't touch that's that. What said. <laughs> Priscilla does it, but not me. Women are being deceived by Satan <laughs> by doing yoga. Constantly Everybody knows yoga. that, right? Yep. I mean, yoga is the, the devil. When someone says yoga, I run like, I, I like the wind. Yeah, CrossFit also. <laughs> oh, so evil. <laughs> Two of the most evil things, that, the biggest tricks in the world the devil's ever played. Yoga and CrossFit. Oh, he's been exercising like crazy. Yeah, what's your, what's your, what's your exercise? Sweat, sweat Matt, I got to tell you something. Go ahead. Toby. I, know, I know exactly <laughs> I what he's going to say. I to tell him what Toby well, t- I'm asking you, what you how, have you lost weight? How's your whole thing going? No, you know, what are you doing? Your diet, no alcohol and exercise, no problem? Yep. So uh, I started, when I started, this it was the week before Thanksgiving, um, mm-hmm. the weekend, the, yeah, the Monday month and before, a half here. The, the week, the Monday the, before Thanksgiving, the week no one starts their diet. <laughs> right, right. I started it and I made it all all the way through. What's really funny is I was like, I don't think I'm gonna drink alcohol or anything until the, I'll I'll go in that in a second. But I was basically like, I don't know if I'm gonna drink alcohol until uh, the end of the year, the, you know, the beginning of the new year, or maybe even till my birthday. And I've been you know doing all this stuff to try and get in shape. So I've been working out like crazy. Uh, been eating basically low carb, you know, uh, fully, fully like almost induction phase, ketosis, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I am down to about 209. Goodness gracious, for right real? Now. Yeah. Man, I yep. can almost meet you in them. I'm almost there. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> yeah. you? I, I'm, I'm the first time in my life I've ever weighed 200 pounds. Wow. I could easily gain five or six pounds if you could get down a few. Oh, don't you worry. I'm, I'm headed that way. And now, <laughs> Joey, how much does Joey weigh right now? Be honest. No, I, I would. I just I haven't weighed in a week. Oh, uh, we can we can guess what was the last weigh in. Uh, I haven't weighed in a week. Was two Man, two we could all be the same weight if y'all wanted to try that. I, I know. I'm I'm trying to get down there. Well, here's what's really frustrating is I have seriously been working out unbelievable. Sometimes I work out twice a day. Like I I I have several times went and worked out in the morning for an hour or two, and then at night went jogging and did push-ups while I was I mean, I'm mm-hmm. really like focused on getting healthy. So uh, I even watched the Clemson game on New Year's Eve, no alcohol or mm-hmm. anything. I just ate wings, which is low carb. And, uh, you know, I had some like, uh, 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 Jess made a low carb uh, cheesecake, which was really awesome. Yeah, I've had that. The holidays, good. so I had that. So I, I do sugar-free desserts, but, you know, sucralose or uh, stevia or whatever. So it's basically but, American cheese all laid out. Yeah, I do, crust. I do eat American cheese a lot. Oh, yeah. But uh, I eat a lot of cheese. I take a lot of fiber as well. But um, so after I watched the Clemson game, no alcohol. So the next day's Friday. Uh, New Year's Day, and Jess is like, yeah, I think I'm uh, just going to order pizza for the kids. I just, I don't really feel like fixing anything. I was like, yeah, that's fine. And I was like, you know what? Uh, maybe I'll have some pizza too. I love Domino's pizza. That's what she loves. So I was like, I'll, I'll just do Domino's pizza, and this will be kind of like a cheat day. And you know what? I said, maybe I'll even, I said, I'm not in the mood for wine. Maybe I'll go get a beer or some whiskey or something. So I went to uh, the store and bought one beer, one IPA, uh, Lagunitis IPA, one at, at the Total Wine or whatever. And then I bought uh, two little uh, shots of uh, of whiskey. Because uh-huh. we got those bitters in. They're yep. really awesome. Did you get yours? You've been yep. trying yours? Yep. Have you tried yours yet, Joey? I knew you. Joey's so excited about it. I knew he'd be like, I love them. Um, strong. What is the name of them? Strong, strong right. Water. Strong Water. That's right. They are so good. I love mine. My favorite right now is Benton Smoke. I don't know if you had that one. I think it's called Benton yeah, Smoke. Yeah, I have that one. I like the grapefruit. But. Oh, grapefruit's great, too. Uh, and there's a coffee one that I think you'll really like, Joey. That's awesome. So definitely check that out. Strong Water Bitters is really, 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 really good. Um, so I eat, I got down to 208. I was 208 pounds last 
Thursday. I woke up on New Year's Day and it got down to 208 from 224, 225, and uh, ate the pizza and that beer and one shot of whiskey with some bitters, you know, a little mini bottler. I think it's a shot. And then, uh, and then I had two bowls of cereal. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> I've been craving cereal like crazy. What kind of cereal? Chocolate Cheerios. That's what we had. I like chocolate Cheerios and checks, whatever it was in. I just love cereal. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it at night. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to show out. This is fine. Next day, woke up 2.11, and it's taken me this long. No to way. Oh, no, I promise. And you wait the same time every day, though. Like, that yep, was you, same time. Same everything. thing. Yep, after going to the bathroom, everything. I do everything the exact same. That's Naked, ridiculous. Go, I, went, I went to the bathroom, and then I literally, I was 2.08. The next day, 2.11, and it's taken me, today is Tuesday, and it's taken me since Friday night to get, to get back. To get back 2.09. I'm not even at 2.08. That's anymore. ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know what in the hell happened. It was not worth it. Gosh. It was so not like I've been See, working yeah, out my, so hard. My, it just it didn't even taste that great. Not I didn't even it. enjoy the beer or the whiskey that much. When yeah. you don't drink, it, it's not even that fun. Toby read an article one time and it separated people into like three category categories of metabolisms and all all sorts of things. I forgot what it was, but people there's some people that can lose uh, weight and keep it off easier, but then it takes them really oh, yeah. long to yeah. lose it. There's some people that get – Toby right. and I are exactly the same. We can drop right. five pounds in two days. Absolutely. That, that, they would call that in that theory uh, ectomorph versus mesomorph yeah. versus endomorph. So, so yeah. my, theory, my theory is when you weighed and you were 208, you had to – there had to have been something going on where your body had just burned off a bunch of stuff or Maybe something. So. Maybe I, maybe I, well, one thing well, I Well, Toby's think, body's yeah. very responsive. He could gain weight in a heartbeat if he wanted to, whereas I would have a, have a really hard time gaining weight if I try. Or, but uh, to go along with that, I, I don't gain muscle very easily either. Well, Matt, listen to what Toby Hold said. Hold on. That, that's one thing, though, for me is I have put on a lot of muscle. Too. That's this great. Is the first time where I have seriously worked out, increased my bench press, did a lot of stuff. So I actually have some form, I wouldn't say definition, but I can see muscles now. And so that's what's really cool is I have lost a lot of weight and I've added muscle weight. Well, good so, for you. I just now yeah. started saying I'm, I'm no alcohol for like four days and I'm low carb starting yesterday. So we'll see how I do. But I'll probably, I mean, it's possible that you and I'll be the same weight when I see you if you work hard. And then I'll, I'll drop yeah, calm I have down. Been. Low so. carb, no matter what, for sure, is the best diet for me. It, it's the oh, easiest, yeah. most simple thing. And for sure, it is an appetite suppressant. Oh, I, I just go absolutely. Oh, when, I, when I'm fully on it, I just like yeah, I don't it's care. Wonderful for I, that. Yeah, I mean, I just I really am not that hungry, and it, it's totally fine. So I'll probably move on to full paleo here soon, just to mix it up a little bit. But I love uh, people that talk shit about Atkins diets and stuff like that. Like, just don't say I the really word Atkins. Just say yeah, you, know, right. you don't eat grains and sugar. People go, oh, healthy. But Atkins That's all right. you got to say. He really was right. The, yeah, the, but the just say thing. no grains, no sugar, and, and nobody can criticize you for that. Just say yeah. it that way. But here's what's really funny is the craziest thing in the world is as soon as you stop drinking or eating sweets, it's like everybody is just as like uh, uh, shocked if you as if you were like an alcoholic and a, a, yeah, a obese offended, person. Like, yeah. like I go, hey, no, nah, I don't want any beer. What? You don't you don't want a beer? And, I'm, and then like at church the other day, somebody's offering me like a donut. No, nah, I don't want it. Like, it's just a donut. You don't want a donut, and I'm like, no, it's, yeah. I, I can't believe it. Like people are like offended if you don't if you don't drink or eat sweets. Well, that goes in. If you do, <laughs> well, people Matt, want Toby you to be said, miserable Toby, in that same way as they Toby are. Toby said uh, to me two days ago, and I just <laughs> erupted. I know exactly with what Matt's going to say because Matt has done the exact same thing. Before. Toby told me he see, met, if, see, if, see if Matt can guess what he thinks Joey's 
going to say. No, I'll let, let Joey talk. He's ready to You don't to think go. he can guess? No. Uh, no, Joey can talk, but to- Toby okay. made a grand proclamation. What was it, Matt? Um, that he will stay on. No, I know what it'll be. That he won't drink. That he's probably never going to drink again. <laughs> as serious as a heart attack, he told me he's just like Man, I don't think I'm ever going to drink again. <laughs> well, here's the thing: when you don't drink, it's just not that fun. And, it, and I'm literally totally looking at it as that. calories. Yeah, it's just and and so when I look at it like that, I was like, when I had my beer and my whiskey, I was like. I, I definitely it doesn't exactly. feel worth it to me. I, that might right. sound like an alcoholic when I say that, but unless I get to drink semi regularly or every day, it just doesn't feel. If I'm if I don't do it all week and think I'm going to on the weekend, it just doesn't feel worth it. That's probably no. addict talk. I know, but it just I don't even see the point. Might as well not. Well, the do thing it. for me, yeah, like for me, I enjoyed my drink, and I thought I thought I might get hammered off of two drinks because I thought, well, I haven't drank in a month or so, and so, but nothing even happened, and I drank my beer, and I thought it tasted good. But I still was like, I, I think if I was going to enjoy something now, I want it to be like, whoa, that was just delicious and totally worth it. Which beer is delicious. And my Lagonitis, I did, I actually enjoyed the taste and everything. I, you know, I used to hate IPAs and now I actually like them for some reason because I'm getting older and don't have taste buds. But I think it's just not worth it when you think about, man, that was a hundred and something calories. The same way, it's the exact same thing as I love a refreshing, a refreshing glass bottle Coke. Probably not going to do that either. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just like 100 calories of like, man, oh, that's yeah. a totally. shitload of work to get off. Yeah. And I see that, that 100 calories on my waist. Yeah. Yeah, but beer and Coke are two different things. You don't ever say, hey, let's, let's, uh, uh, let's, let's go down the street and grab a couple of Cokes. Like beer is something you kind of do. You know? Yeah, like, I agree. Oh, it's a beverage that you think about. I agree. Do y'all think the, that fat is the next retarded? Like, <laughs> what do you mean by that like that so like, like listen listen so <laughs> you guys you guys would have no problem with joking around and saying to me what are you depressed or something now you would think second before you would say what are you turned into a retard like you would think oh i don't know if i should have said this fat is kind of somewhere in the middle like I, it's, you can't just pull the trigger with the saying fat all the time, but then at the same time... What do you mean saying so, fat, though? I think so. You can't well, say the word fat? It's like the N-word or something? Like, I mean, Well, do, do fat people get a pass? Like, can you not touch that? Like, well, you, well, you're talking about the topic of fat shaming. Like, is it okay to use fat pejoratively? Is yeah, that what you mean? Well, I mean, the, here, here's the thing. is This morning, first of all, I like, felt really, really bad. Like... I was I went to Krispy Kreme Donuts and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you should feel bad. I sell. You're a fat, uh, gross weirdo. Made you go to Krispy Kreme Donuts. <laughs> well, because they have like this little couch area, and I and I, I wanted to be completely by myself. Like, and I didn't know if you were going to get to the office early or somebody else. So I just wanted to sit there with a donut and a coffee and just kind of hang out and read. So I read a book. And basically, I saw a girl that was in there, and I really do feel bad about saying this. I have you were looking I, at her butt. I, <laughs> I have overweight friends. Um, so, but anyway, she was really overweight. I have black friends, by the way. I know some mentally disab- disabled well, people. I, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is fat is sensitive. Uh, yeah, is you're right. Topic. Yeah. So, so what, this girl, yeah, okay. this girl's in Krispy Kreme donuts, and she's overweight. And my mind automatically goes to. She's going to be self-conscious of this. She's fat, and she's in Krispy Kreme donuts by herself. 
Like I'm automatically thinking that in her head, she's thinking, oh, this is a little bit awkward, but I'm just going to do it. She could have done and the drive through And yeah, well, and then my mind, well, but she wanted to see all the donuts. <laughs> yeah, you got to see the selection. So, <laughs> so my, mind immediately, my mind immediately went to, she's going to enjoy her five minutes of eating the donuts. And then she's like going to cry. <laughs> Like it's like this stereotype of of overweight people, and here here's she the looks thing. sad. I started to think about it. It can't. It comes from movies and sitcoms and all that stuff. Like I remember growing up, I watched Highway to Heaven with Michael Landon and all that. And I remember there's a girl that used to always <laughs> go into the donut shop. And she would order 12 donuts, but she would say, I'll take that chocolate-filled one for Philip. Oh, Jennifer loves those strawberry ones. And then she'd go to the car and she'd eat them all. So, I don't – so, I mean, fat is definitely you, you might be You might be right. Of course, there's – I mean, there's a big movement, you know, to not be fat-shaming. So, that that is yes. true. And so, what you're probably feeling like or worried about is you know that there's fat people – large people, obese people that listen to this podcast that you're friends with, that whatever. So what if I were to, you know, use it in the same way that people use the N-word or retarded or something like that? It drives me crazy that I have to say the N-word and not actually say it, but that's where I'm at. Um, Okay, so the the difference, hang on a second. So what I'm saying is, so if I was to to really just, just as a pejorative insult, meaning nothing, just say, hey, you're a fat, disgusting loser, then, then that's saying, that's like you throwing the term fat around. Like the same way you throw around the term retarded doesn't mean anything and it's shaming those who happen to be large and it's not their fault or if it is their fault or even if it's their choice, then nonetheless, um, we shouldn't use that as an insult because it actually describes real people that you're talking about that mentality. Yeah. And, and just the, the mere, uh, sense I have, like if, if, well, put it this way, we had a volunteer that, that worked on us, work with us early on. And when Toby started with the fat jokes, he was really honest and said he was a little uncomfortable because he remembers how it was being extremely overweight and the fact that we are just letting loose with fat jokes yeah. he, he thought was yeah. somewhat It's not calling you fat. It's just using fat as just to mean bad thing. Like, right. oh, of course it's a joke to be fat because that's ridiculous and it's horrible. Right. Meaning right. if you're or, a fat person, you don't even have the, a chance to be okay with it in the culture then. You don't, right. you don't even have the chance to say, yeah, I'm large and it's okay because other people are using it in, just as a throw around mean term. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If Matt is sitting next to his friend that we know struggled with high school and he is goofing around, nobody's going to have a second thought if I say, hey, Matt, dummy, what are you going to think? Even though the guy you're sitting next to is arguably a dummy because he struggled (laughs) with high school. But if you're sitting next to a fat person and you're eating a bunch of fries, I'm not going to go up to the table and say, what's wrong, fatty? You can't get enough fries? Yeah, that's right. If if you're sitting beside a 300-pound person, I wouldn't say to you eating cheese fries, boy, you're going to get huge and fat. I wouldn't look at you and say that, where I would if maybe the fat person wasn't there. But I wonder if it's different than saying zit-faced or loser or four eyes or whatever else. There's some that you'll always be able to make fun of. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it it may, you know. You'll always be able to make fun of. Well, making fun of people and things is never going to stop. about bald? Bald? No, not at all. That doesn't bother you at all. But it like could a, be. Like, hey, Baldy, like uh, kids, if you were in school or something, no. like it wouldn't just. I mean, I'd be honest, obviously. I think, and now here's <laughs> well, a, a lot of people are, though. Yeah, but, that, but here's That's why the they thing. have two pays. I think bald has become very normal and almost like uh, it looks good now. Like, you know, I think that people used to it just have the horseshoe only and it was just like, it was a sign of older. But now, like, young guys shave their head yeah. and aren't even bald. It's, it's like. It's, it's kind of normal. The bald community's done a great job of taking it back because for the whole '80s and stuff, it was just you know my dad was horseshoe 
since he was 18 years old. But he wasn't embarrassed about it. But he's been, yeah, he's he's been horseshoe his whole life. That was just a bald person. And then a lot of men were insecure about it and do toupees or comb overs and all that stuff. And now yeah. the bald community just taken over and said, "No, we shave our head as badass." So they've done a great job. Uh, I think a community. Uh, I, I haven't seen it, so I believe, I, but I be- I haven't watched it with the volume. I just looked at the picture. But I believe it's true. Brian Erlacher had a hair transplant. <laughs> his full head of hair now. Are you serious? Yeah, he has a full head of hair right now. Wow. But uh, one thing I was going to say, what's really funny is just thinking about that girl that you saw at Krispy Kreme, and she just goes, look at that fat guy over there staring at me. I bet he leaves here and just goes and cries in his <laughs> That fat guy over there eating a donut, man. He looks lonely. I bet he's going to go cry. I feel bad for that dude. <laughs> Well, we probably will see some. I mean, you know, that already exists. Like, this isn't a new thing. I mean, that already exists. That people are are weird about the uh, the term fat. But you know, it's just it's curious how people, you know, how the politically correct stuff will go because it can't keep going forever. Obviously, like we've eliminated some right. stuff, and then it's going to keep going farther and farther. But at some point, it'll it'll have to there'll have to be an end to it within reason. And it might be around the corner, or maybe we'll look back at how we talked about fat and zit face and bad complexion and all those things as and we'll be horrified that we used to make fun of people for being fat but i kind of don't think so we have to be somewhere near the end of the line on politically correct because it won't make sense i mean it becomes unreasonable at some point don't you think or we're just being narrow-minded at this point by know. resisting I, it is, is, that- is resisting political correctness like some narrow-minded thing when you look back on you go oh i don't can't believe we were so crass and rude back in that day I think that a prime example of somebody like Donald Trump is is an example of people just somewhat being tired of yeah. political correctness. Yeah, he can say everything enough. and everything just bounces off to off of him because he goes, "I just don't care." Yeah, sure, I'm this or whatever. Like, I think what's going to happen is political correctness will end because people would just be exhausted. And like, I don't care. You'll just think bad of me then. Well, and you, that might be better because I would say majority of the stuff that is people get upset about with political correctness, they, the people didn't mean anyway. The sure. majority of times that somebody has said a bad word, uh, R word or N word or anything, I would say most of the time they probably didn't even mean it like in the wor- in the bad way. It was just something they said and they were like, oh, and they would probably take it back if they could. And so yeah. that's where people are getting blindsided by, wait a minute, I didn't even mean that. That's not, I just said it and it was stupid and I didn't mean to say it that way. I would never want to, you know, and now with video and everything recorded, that's true. That you get caught. And so I think everybody's going to go, yeah, I did say it, and I didn't mean that. And well, the forefront look- of it, I don't know if you guys are even totally aware. I don't mean to uh, insult you if you are, but on the forefront of it is these – are you guys familiar with what they call a microaggression? Yeah. So, no. Joey, are you? No. So microaggression, that's like the, the forefront of politically correct, and I think it's mostly on like college campuses and the yeah. uber-liberal academic kind of world. And um, and they, for instance, um, have like forums and places on college campuses where you can report microaggressions or something some a student or a staff member or professor has said kind of thing. So they're really policing it really hard. And it, it would be along the lines of this. You would report a microaggression if you said if a professor said to, let's say, a black student, um, wow, you're really articulate. That is offensive and wrong and right. is reported. Because wow. it's not a direct racist thing, but inherently to say that to a black person means that you're surprised that a black person could be articulate, for instance. Dang. Possibly could mean that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that, or that's the type of thing. And then right. stuff like if you assume – there's even things where if you assume that uh, students would be aware of 
certain cultural things, like being acting or being surprised that, oh, you've never heard of this, then they would say, because you assume uh, we uh, that this Indian person participates in white culture. So that's like marginalizing and stuff like that. It's things like that kind of uh, – you know, like that, that's the forefront of how, how detailed it, and, and, or even the craziest one really is that, that you're not allowed to, in some cases, even uh, t- talk to some, refer to someone with a pronoun until you've asked what is their preferred gender pronoun. Yeah. Gee. So that, that could be like that's just to assume say. that, that she, like, uh, uh, you know, it, is a okay thing to say to someone who appears to be a female is a, a microaggression in some cases. People think of it that so way. So what do you do when, when – would you say, hey uh, – uh, No, you say, what is your preferred you say, gender pronoun? You would have to say before you, before you announce it or say it or reference that person publicly. You wouldn't say, may I call you Mrs.? No, absolutely not. You ask them, what is your preferred gender pronoun? And it could be um, – you know, he, she, Z, like things that, that are neutral that. and all kind of stuff like that. If a stranger asked me that, I'd be like, yeah, I'm she today. That'd be fun. You could. I mean, you, I guess you could say that. But the, the, the greater thing here is, um, and I, I thought this was interesting. I actually, uh, man, I don't know if you've heard it yet, but I was listening to Joe Rogan. He had Thaddeus Russell on, and uh, he was kind of talking oh, about Oh, he's the, a professor. Yeah, I heard yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, and um, – I thought it was really interesting the way they were talking about it. And it was the, what Thaddeus Russell said. I wish he'd be a guest on our podcast. I doubt he would, but I wish he would because I thought it was really interesting, his take on stuff, because it's it's probably way, I would say, more, way more on the left side than obviously us. But I thought it was interesting the way he kind of correlated it. Some of it felt like uh, spiritual talk, but it was interesting. He was saying something to the effect of, we're at a time now where it used to be like the 70s or whatever was just free love, do whatever you want. Who gives a shit what you think about me? I'm going to walk around and, and mm-hmm. uh, have sex with who I wanted to have sex with, do drugs that I want to do. I don't care what you think. I'm going to do what I want to do. Now we're in a state where, it, it, I think he calls it something like a parenting state or something like that, where not only does somebody want to be able to do what they want to do. state. Nanny said, yeah, where you have to actually also, like a parent, accept them. You, you, like, not only, Joey, can you choose whatever you want to be, uh, male, female, you know, whatever uh, identity you want to have, right. but also we're at a state where I have to actually accept that and go along with it as well, yeah. which is interesting Tolerance because it's— in that Right, and, well, it's also—and it's very strange because— why does that matter? It's it's a setup a little bit of control because why do you care what I think? That 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 means that uh-huh. somehow I have some kind of power over you. And that's where going back to like the word you said fat or whatever, who cares what somebody else thinks? It, the only reason that has power is because you let it. Right. It's so, I, like I struggled for sure when I was a fat kid um, growing up and I, that's why I started using humor or cut cut downs another way because I thought if somebody says fat, well I'm probably the fattest person in the room, so it's gonna hit. It's gonna land on me. So that means it's coming my way. Like you know, when I hung out with my friends, a lot of times I'd be the fattest guy for sure. Uh-huh. So if anything, any conversation happened on fat, well then there I was. I was like, oh, I got to be prepared. If somebody says fat, well, I got to. Interesting like, question. So you don't you don't wish that people wouldn't have used fat back in high school then? And then if you look at it in the long run, it's actually part of your personality that's developed. Would you trade it? <laughs> yeah, that's. What, Do you I wish mean, people were more careful when back know. in that day for you? The same thing, like there's tons of comedians whose parents were terrible. Like, would you trade him? Yeah, no, trade? okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's true. Like, I don't, I don't think so because it is who I am. But what I w- wish was, I wish I would have realized. Wait a minute, it doesn't matter if somebody goes, "Hey, man, you're fat. Look at you, fat ass," or something like that. 
I would. It would. I wish I would have been like. Sometimes I wish I'd have been like you, Matt, because you wouldn't even realize. You're like, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. I am fat. <laughs> I, I've been made fun of it. my entire life and just almost never noticed it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really funny. Like Ike does the same thing sometimes. He doesn't realize if he's being cut down. Mm-hmm. Like the other day, we were riding in the car, and and Ruby goes, Ike. Uh, uh, so we said the last one in the band's a rotten egg, and Ruby goes, Ike, you're the rotten egg. You're a rotten egg. He goes. That means I win. <laughs> no, he said it. Yeah. He was like happy. That's and I was awesome. like, that's yeah. so awesome. Yeah, identify. I'm like, oh, well, at least yeah. I'm at least I'm the one getting the attention here. Right. I'm the right man. Yeah, and, and maybe cool. yeah, and that's funny. Or that's cool. Right. Like that's the way I've always felt. When I got made fun of and I always thought, well, that was a pretty funny joke. And everybody's looking at me now. I don't mind it. What do I care? Right. I mean, it's and fine. it doesn't matter yeah. because it really didn't matter. No, like it didn't, somebody, no, it doesn't somebody matter. saying you're right egg does not matter. Like in that, fact, I won. He did win. Right. <laughs> like, it's cool. Like, it was, we all died laughing. What a wonderful thing. And, I, and, and so I think the big thing is if all these words cannot mean anything or political correctness cannot mean anything. And if you want somebody to agree with you, hey, this is who I am. You have to respect my identity. I understand that. But that means you don't necessarily respect your identity yet. Yeah. Because you, you need some kind of approval that it's right. And that's what's scary about it. And that's why I think it's going to exhaust people. Like, eventually it's going to be, do whatever you're going to do. I just want to see the real you, and, and it'll be okay. And, and every like you said, Matt, a million times, nothing's going to be hidden soon. I mean, no, it's all yeah, be reported, so, gonna, that's so true. it doesn't matter. So, yeah. So, anyway, I think that might be – that's interesting, that, that whole thing. I'll tell you what. Let's take a break, and then um, let's come back. I've got some more thoughts on, on that uh, – the way that that feels, that insecurity and and thoughts on on that affecting you and not affecting you. So I'm okay. interested in this. Let's do this um, for the second half of this episode too. Sound good, all to right. y'all? All yeah, right, we'll, we'll be right back. All right, guys, you know how it goes. We've all been there before. You come home, long, exhausting day at work, and all you want to do is sip a glass of wine and relax. But you hadn't planned ahead, and so you probably don't even have a bottle in your house. And uh, so here's what you got to do. You got to go to the grocery store, drive there, figure out what you want. And that daggum wine aisle is intimidating, if I do say so myself. What, what is what and what's good? Is it good if it's a $10 bottle or a $30 bottle? I don't know. It, do, do I have to look at the year? I'm not sure. I don't get it. I don't know the difference. And to tell you the truth, I don't think I'm, as much as I've, time as I've spent in the wine aisle, I'm not getting any closer to figuring it out on my own. Here's the solution. You join Club W. Club W has a six-question quiz that figures out your palate. So every bottle you receive is tailored to your taste. So that takes care of that part and, uh, you know, eliminates trips to the grocery store. And Club W is leading what is known as the grape-to-glass wine revolution. And they work directly with vineyards, cut out the middlemen, and saves you money. Don't have to go to the store and get wines you like. So if you drink wine at all, and you do, this is... For sure, the way to go. Club W has a no-risk guarantee that you'll love it, what they send you. So right now, Club W is offering our listeners 50% off your first order when you go to clubw.com slash badchristian. So don't ever come home to a wine-free house again. Just go to clubw.com slash badchristian and get 50% off your first order. You can't go wrong, folks. This one's a no-brainer. Okay. we're back. back. We are back. Back, back, back. I've been thinking a little bit about and had some ideas about uh, what we were just talking about anyway. I didn't know it was going to go there, but you, you, you were, we were talking about basically that whole idea of how you were fat and you were worried about other people, and it totally altered and changed your personality, basically, right. and which, and which you would identify your son, and I am very opposite spectrum of that. Like Regardless sure. of what it was, it doesn't. So I would identify that as insecurity. 
And so I was right. thinking about insecurity the other day, how negative of a quality it seems to be. Like it's named as a really bad quality. So if you, th- if you imagine somebody that uh, is insecure because they – are jealous. So jealousy goes along with insecurity and fear and anxiety, actually. I'm going to lump all those together. And we really kind of say bad things about that, like an insecure egomaniac that thinks everything has to be about him and make sure everybody's, you know, whatever those things are, uh, we kind of tend to say they're really bad. But it's weird to think about because in any society, the only reason that seems bad is because you don't have to be insecure in this society, but in any time in the past or a rougher society, I'm not even talking about evolution here. I'm just talking about even the way God made us, regardless of that. In the year 500 or the year 1000 BC or the year 1500 or 1800 anywhere um, with less developed societies, insecurity probably is a really good thing. You know, if you were insecure about where your woman was, for instance, or insecure about what the group thought about you, it's only disadvantageous now because you don't need to be insecure because you technically you are scared. It doesn't matter what, like you're carrying that inherent personality quality and saying it matters if people think I'm fat or not, which it doesn't, or call me a rotten egg or not. Right. It doesn't. But if you're a defensive or insecure person, then it will bother you if you can't let that go. And it'll really alter you and will be seen as a negative quality. We all don't like insecurity, but it would have kept you alive and kept your children safe and your wife and stuff. And, and all, all those things in the past would have kept would have been positive things. It's weird is because... To do, is that a, uh, almost like a backwards narcissism? That I would think so many people would think so much about me, even if it's negative. Well, you know I mean? narcissists are often insecure yeah, themselves, though. Right. Is it, what, so that is maybe even a form of narcissism. Like I, even me being yeah. consumed with what if somebody says something about me and True. it could be negative or something. Yeah. So it's weird. Either that might just be off the cuff remark that they make, but to me it means everything. So Because yeah. it's about me. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about it, like the, some of the qualities that I have are very more like a <laughs> – for instance, I'm riskier. I'm more analytical, and I don't stuff doesn't bother me, and I'm not insecure. I'm not really very defensive. Um, I would have been in worse shape. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you know, all those situations where it's like, Matt, you're stupid, or you're going to get in trouble, or you're going to break something, or you're going to get hurt, and all that stuff. Like, it just happens to be we live in a really safe society with good hospitals and good doctors and good safety right. equipment. Like. It, leaning on a rail somewhere or anything. You know, I don't have a high threshold whatsoever for safety or anxiety. I don't get anxious. I don't. But to me, that's because I'm analytical so I can assess, oh, they wouldn't put a rail here unless it was very secure because of lawsuits. And therefore, I can just lean on the rail freely and not worry about it or be scared of something happening to my daughter as much. So do you have the same, like perception of going to the fair and riding on rides like even though they're in their in their higher percent chance of people dying on a fair ride yeah probably so but what i'm saying is i'm analytical and therefore able to shed those things that i think other people can't get out of like you know when somebody's being defensive or insecure matt, oh, matt, matt, matt is talking about like psychology and fair our actual, the, the, the way we our country has been built in the time <laughs> and you your response <laughs> It was fear, right? Yeah, well, let me give an example. So Joey then is a good exa- example of fear and anxiety. And he, what he's scared of is carnies, clearly. Clowns, carnies, and rides. It's terrifying. I mean, that's just like <laughs> – they're just fairs are just the smallest little nothing in the whole scheme of our, <laughs> right. how our government and our right. world work. <laughs> That's not a good example. But as, as an example, I'm not afraid of fairs. No, you're right. 
I, I let my daughter ride the fair rides, and I, I can do, you know, fairs are not a danger to us, but if it makes you scared, you, it's hard to shed that. Like, if you look in an insecure or a defensive person, I would say to them, hey, well, knock it off. Just don't be so defensive. It's negative. It doesn't help you, so stop. But that per, most yeah. people, unless they're really analytical, you know, have control over their way that other, you know, analytical people do, they can't do that. Like, Toby, you can't not be defensive. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, you're naturally yeah. defensive and, and jealous, right? Yes. And I would, I'm just arguing that that, in most of human history, is better than the weird weirdo way that I, that I and some other people are. That's interesting. Jealous, too. Are you ever jealous, Matt? Like, are you ever get jealous, like, if a guy was talking to Bridget or anything like that? Would well, they cross no. your mind? Or are you just like, no, of course, she's not going to cheat. She's not, my well, wife. Like, that safety or... <laughs> Well, I I wouldn't speak in absolutes here. I'm not saying never or any of those things, but, but I'm less. I would be less jealous than somebody else if they had my same wife and she was at the same bar with the same people. I would be less jealous, most likely, than those people. I would have less, you know, I'll have less of those things is what yeah, I'm saying. I have a jealous streak. I've been jealous of... Uh, not none, of course. With Jess in the last probably six months. You just set off your car alarm <laughs> because you were lounging. You lounged you onto this car alarm. Oh, hey, Toby. In all fairness, just fares and you set off a car alarm. What in the world? I mean, seriously, like I can't get past the fair thing. Like we're talking about the world. Do you like, think carnival rides are dangerous? <laughs> hey, in the whole world, all the know. governments and the way that the world works with money. And, I got <laughs> stuck on his rail example. That that made no sense to me. <laughs> rail example. Okay. <laughs> so, Toby, is, if you're uh, nervous about Jess and being jealous, I'm interested in that. But I had to tell you, her new trainer, Ronaldo, is, has, has amazing abs. So <laughs> his, his cheeks are just I don't, I don't think that's that outrageous. I'm just saying there's just little times where I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I, I used to be very jealous. I was a very jealous guy. Hey, and would that, you be that comfortable the, if I brought up an example with you and I? I mean, it was uh, – that was the most bizarre. Sure. It was one of the most – I don't mind not. <laughs> don't say the names. Okay. But – I mean, it, it seriously, Toby and I, we doesn't had – matter. We had one of those amazing friendships to where we met each other. And we were like automatic best friends. Immediately and, started having sex. <laughs> I mean, we seriously were inseparable. People, people were surprised when they found out we only knew each other for like three weeks. They're like, oh, we just assume you guys have known each other your whole lives. So less than a year, less than a year into our friendship, him and his girlfriend were on some rocky uh, ground. And they just had a big argument. And she kind of freaked him out with things that she was saying and stuff. And he was at wit's end. And so he calls me, says, Joey, come downstairs. I want you to talk to her. And I was like, oh. Okay, so I come downstairs. He kind of gives me the lowdown, and I was just like, okay, well, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. And he says, he's like, and I'm going to go back into my room, man. He's just like, I just want you two to talk. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll talk to her. I'll ask her some questions and stuff. He comes back out, and I'm sitting two feet away from his girlfriend, and he says, hey, man, I just have to be honest with you. I'm really jealous of you guys right now. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't say that in front of her. I said no, you that did. When, when you went back to our room. No, you said that, right? Well, maybe I was really on it. Wow, I was actually a good guy to be that honest. You were a good guy, but I, I, at <laughs> well, that okay. point, I was like, what do I do? I, I'm just trying to yeah. help my friend. This is a side note of my jealousy, but for sure, I was very jealous. And, and the problem was, she was very uh, a person that was extremely <laughs> flirtatious. I don't think she realized it, but maybe she did. And this is 17 so, years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. So Joey remembers that, and, and that's his, one of his go-to stories for sure. He has, he has like three or four go-to stories that he always <laughs> says about me. 
uh, I'm and they're not always to bring you down. Right? No, I know, I know. I'm it's just, just saying. Interesting. No, I'm just saying. But it's hilarious that that's what you remember. Like, yeah. there's other stuff to remember too. But like, that's your your wheelhouse. Like, <laughs> no. how often do you think of like that story just on your own? Like, I always think Joey riding down the road or sitting at Krispy Kreme eating a donut and it's just filled Revol- with fifteen Rolodex <laughs> stories. stories. Right? Like, like, there is no present or yeah. like, like two years ago. It's always you go back it's, to it's I mean, that, and then in, what's gonna be what's it gonna be like in heaven. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, like, it's not even not in the present. He's not within ten years previous or past. It's at least ten years out not, or after Jesus comes back. I think college was your favorite time of, of your entire life, and you have a little bit of arrested development there, and loved it. And hmm. go go there. I don't think so. I don't know if arrest, so. arrested development in the right word, but you you like to live there. Maybe so. I mean, when yeah. you have when you do have dementia, that is where you'll be. Yeah, and it'll be beautiful. I'll yeah. be the dementia guy listening to Mineral and Jimmy World. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you yeah, know, sorry, it, but isn't it interesting that the society has put us in this weird place? Like, there's so much stuff that doesn't matter anymore. Like, think about all of the way that, for instance, women are built. Well, they, I mean, there's some violence against women, but really, they don't have to be afraid. Like, a 19-year-old woman can go 40 miles from her house and walk around tons of strangers and men without even ever being physically scared. I mean, an alley late at night or in some really weird places, women have to be protect, protected. But in all of human history, I mean, most of, you know, men would just grab you or take you. Like yeah. even hundreds of years ago, it's absolutely not, not safe at all. So think of the, all the wiring that they have that, that is just weird. Like men don't physically steal our women and our kids anymore. They did used to. Therefore, defensiveness and security would have been valuable. You know what I mean? And I always think it's real crazy. Like, the, the, the we don't have violence, really, to speak of in our culture. I know people say, oh, it's so violent, but it's really not. Like, I think it's always weird when people are intimidated by somebody's size in a normal interchange because nothing is going to happen. Like, for instance, you ever right. notice, like, a large tour manager or promoter in our world? That has giant muscles and tattoos. He's intimidating. He's going to come in. That guy's going to get paid. He's got right. the promoter's going to cave to that tour manager, this giant 300 pounds of tattoos and muscles and looks tough. There's no chance that if the guy goes, sorry, I don't have the money, that the guy's going to actually shoot him, beat him up, hurt him. That's right. not going to happen. So therefore, a pipsqueak with a pocket protector, the, the, the promoter needs not treat him any differently than he would a 300 pound guy with tattoos because physical violence is not li- really even on the table. But if it's very powerful still still you know what i mean it's not right. uh it's the same as the uniforms like i was riding the rail the other day the uh, train and the fare enforcement came on and they have uniforms they look really scary and so they show you know if you didn't have the ticket and they're going to kick you off that's terrifying so i was like oh my gosh if i don't have my ticket what happens if there was just a guy named you know ralph who just came on and was wearing a tie-dyed shirt and says hey man you got your ticket i work for the puget sound rail and we, right. nobody would be afraid it wouldn't matter yeah, we're we're programmed to think that. Yeah, though. I think that, that's just a manipulation tool, and that's why they use those yeah. things it, it, to scare you. But the, I was actually thinking about that too. Um, who was talking? I think it was uh, one of the ladies at our church was talking about her daughter going to school and stuff like this. And I started thinking about, oh man, you know, I I, I think I, in my mind I was thinking she had to miss a class for this thing or whatever. And I was thinking about just missing school. And how intimidated sometimes you used to be about well you can only you only get so many absences oh and then gosh. you could lose you get in trouble and that that actually didn't matter like, no, like it wasn't even that scary it's at all unbelievable man it just, it's it just so frustrating matter. listen for Thanksgiving break the teacher sent Gwenny home with a huge packet of math and it irritated me it was literally yeah. like 
and how her mind was wired up, she came home crying. She's just like, I don't want to do all this math. It's Thanksgiving break. And I said, well, Gwenny, I'm going to tell you something. I don't really like that you got all that homework either. You don't have to do it. And I will talk <laughs> That's to awesome. you. That's awesome. I love that. And, and, and I'll I talk love to that. Teacher and I'll just basically say, look, we don't do a lot of homework over Thanksgiving break. She could not do that. Even her own dad said, right. let's don't. And she's just like, dad, I can't. You know what that would mean? And I'm thinking, yes, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, would you, be totally you're going to pass. And yeah, so she could I, not get it out of her mind. And so we sat there on that Friday afternoon and did it all so she wouldn't think about it anymore. But I remember being her age, showing up to school without one measly homework assignment and just thinking a zero. Right. And I knew how those averages worked out. You get 500s and one zero and it just right. kills your grade. And I was like, I'm screwed. And I would cry at school. Now, I, I mean, I used to be a school teacher. If a kid got a zero, if they, were, if they had one zero, I'd just cross it out in my grade book. Like, I'm not going to punch them yeah, for it doesn't one matter. zero. And, yeah, and it doesn't even matter. And that's just some weird thing that would just is a manipulation tool of it controls you. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I actually, man, I don't know where you're going with this, and I hope I'm not going to sidetrack no, this. Right. I had this. I had this thought today, seriously, and uh, I kind of thought the idea. Okay, our whole thing here, bad Christian, is that we are bad. Like, and, yeah. And I, I, I don't mean bad like uh, we're killers and terrible, and we're going to go cheat on our wives and all that stuff. In, in the whole scheme of the world and history of the world, probably not that bad at all in human terms. But I just think selfish, uh, self-promoting. Uh, uh, always about self and wanting self to be good. And we probably talked about this before, but I really did was thinking today just how all, everything is just built on this, an, an ideal that is not true. Like seriously, if the grid goes down and there is right. no power, right. all, like racism and sexism and all that stuff will immediately be back. It'll and, be and, immediately and like, back. Like you said, like, I mean, imagine... Seriously, I right mean, now, women's status will go to unbelievable. Like, you yeah, really won't let your wife out of the house if the grid goes yeah, down. Yeah, I mean, like, you have to right take now, her if, everywhere. I mean, you, yeah, would, if, you if, wouldn't trust it. If there is no power, and we went immediately back to, say, like the idea of being in the 1800s or whatever, and we had the idea that we know what power was, and now we like electricity and stuff and all these things, and now we don't have internet or anything. I mean, it would be the most dangerous thing in the world just in your neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Racism, so sexism, really violence would just I'd, all I'd, be— Immediately, you know. my, my immediate— thoughts would be get food for my family and protect my women right like that's right. My, my wife and my daughters and, right. and get i you know, i mean because and you would, gonna, and you would do seriously. much better at it than i would you'd be I mean, you'd be I, well I, suited I, for that obviously i protect him but i'd teach him how to protect because i really think the people would just immediately be bad that's like right they would immediately go oh well i was you're you're self-serving right now but we live in this society where yeah i mean nobody's gonna go kill anybody because you don't have to See, or nobody's gonna take anything because well absolutely I'm rich enough i mean i can get i can get my PlayStation 4, and I can, you know, I can do whatever yeah, I want. Our society, that's my, exactly my point, is our society is just, it's not, I'm not saying it's a house of cards or it's all going to fall apart. I'm not saying anything pessimistic. I'm saying it's amazing that we have all these forces and information counterbalanced against each other in a way that it, it is safe. Like, nobody's going to, like, your plumber's not going to come over and also take your kid because he wouldn't right. do that now. It's because he, he, no he wouldn't get away with it, and we right. everything's constructed so well that it's okay. You don't actually have to get ten references on a plumber before you allow him in the house. Right. But at some point, before you you know, in, in some other society, you wouldn't on The Walking Dead. They wouldn't have some independent contractor come help them work on the walls inside their prison. You right. know, because it, you right. would, how would you know to trust him or not? Because the yeah. society so wasn't balanced is, in that way. Is, is there something major to have having had it? And then losing it because there were definitely civilizations back then that never had power 
Oh, I'm not just talking about just power. Don't don't get caught up in that. I'm talking about anything that happens. Yeah. We can keep the power. It, I promise you, if the Wi-Fi, if we did, if we lost the internet right now, or, or if anything went back to a little bit predated, like if all cars stopped working right now, or anything that could just put us back just a little bit, you would see so much yes. stuff get worse again. Just yeah. like I mean, a lot of the racism, right. and terrible stuff in the in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 20s, early 1900s. Say the whole first was because there was. Any, there weren't any cameras. You're in the deep south, Absolutely. so nobody's going to say anything anyway. That's so you can, yeah, yeah, I did something bad, but it's uh, no, I'm not going to jail because you could I mean, get away with it. There, there was no recordings. There were there were no people uh, calling you out on Facebook or social media, and all that stuff is just a a premise that we built on the society that oh yeah, we're better, we're good. Those people were bad, we're good. But I mean, seriously, uh, just That's a right. little flicker of a change, and you would see that people are bad. That that they would do bad. And I see that even honestly in the church, like the idea of, I was, I was thinking about this, just the idea of we had this premise that, oh man, this is what God is. And we're the Christians and we got to spread the gospel and we got to do this and this, but you see it so clearly when there's actually something you have to actually do, like let in a Syrian refugee or, you know, Syrian, I said that weird, a Syrian refugee right. or something like, like there's a real, all of a sudden a real moral stance, like, wait a minute. Or, Hey, that lady had an abortion. Maybe we should actually physically hurt her. You, you hear people, you know what I mean? Or, or like go yell at her face, like do something, not maybe hurt her, but like right. physically get in her face or yell or do something really mean or hate filled or something. Like you can see like hate come out in people very quickly when they're offended yeah. or they think something's right or, they, and, and you go, you see the real them and it's just this it's idea the, of, yeah. it's really, it's really crazy. So a like, mob mentality is an example of that. So a mob sure. mentality is a micro. Society. So as soon as everything around you is different and you're in the middle of a mob, you're all angry and yelling or rioting, whatever it is. It's, right. it's just a miniature thing when you yes. get enough people around you doing it. Even today, you, can, you see people revert. And you see that what like you identify as the real them is like, oh, right. I got to get mine. You see at the daggum people trying to rush to the luggage cart at the airport. As, as long as yeah. five other people do, you think, well, I got to. And right. as long as nobody does, you don't. You don't either. And so Look apply at Black that to Friday. Our, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to get a TV. Yeah, those you, are just micro societies before? that are that are occurring. And it's just I don't know. I think it's weird because of the different things that we see as good and bad and stuff like that. So um, another one that's interesting. I've heard it a little bit before. And if you think about it, it's true that uh, well, I mean, it kind of relates to mental illness and addiction and all those things. So it, I feel like anxiety, for instance, is a mental illness that we need to pill for. Except for that's probably a good quality. It's just it doesn't have anywhere to to spit to uh, to use itself. Like you wouldn't be anxious and nervous if you weren't sitting at a desk all day, but instead having to build walls to keep out uh, wolves. You wouldn't be anxious. Your anxiety would be put to use, and so it's not necessarily anything wrong with you sometimes. And and people talk about alcoholics and drug addicts. I mean, there's some of the best, most capable advanced people they actually might be better they're, it's not like there's something yep. wrong with 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 those people they might be better some of them i mean they're really addicts and a lot of times are really sensitive uh overly driven people a lot of them are pilots artists and leaders you know that's those are people who yep. who have addiction a lot of times and so in different a different society that those those things are all all really really good and so now that, you know, when you have these, you know, leisure time, 
non-intense stuff, money, free time, those things, then maybe that, those things go to the reward centers of your brain. But that's like something that's good. And I'd also say that since we're all addicted, I would say we're all addicted still to this day and to like wealth, like that's the same thing. You get a little bit of an, uh, I don't know, a, a chemical something like when you acquire something or get something. So it's, it feels to me like we're all addicted to wealth and probably sex right. if you think about it. Um, we're addicted to those things. It just doesn't seem like an addiction because everybody ha- everybody has it, and it's still currently valued in, in our society to pursue those things, to get the reward for gain for doing something. It's just kind of built into the way that, that we are. That's really interesting, too, though, that you say that. Like some of these things maybe – I also think that a lot of the stresses that we have are built upon this uh, – in, in, this – I guess it's an ideal, but it's this, this way of living that we have created for ourselves. So, like, we actually have – I have anxiety uh, from trying to get the Christmas music all together for church. Uh-huh. Like, I actually have anxiety. I had, like, a little bit of physical stuff that happened. Uh, uh, I get this weird thing in my eyes that's, mm-hmm. like, a little sparkly whatever. And it's usually brought on by stress. Doctors told me it's, it's nothing serious, but, like, it it kind of incapacitates me for a little bit. I have to kind of chill out. And – uh and the thing, the problem with that is, I think the stress almost is that I allow something that doesn't matter, really, like it, like if the music goes off without a hitch or not, that doesn't matter to my uh, live, livelihood, like staying alive or being healthy or anything actually real. All it is is people will mm-hmm. go, that was great. So the anxiety comes from, once again, the insecurity of, mm-hmm. well, oh, man, people think I really blew it. Well, you know, I worked hard, but I didn't do a good job. Or, you know, they didn't see if they would have just known how hard I worked, even though it messed yeah. up here and there. And the, and I and all that stuff's fake. And you're right. Like, in the real world, that, that anxiety would not – we wouldn't have probably classified it or, or, or uh, prescribed it as anxiety. We would have said, oh, he is on top of something. And it would have been played out in a real-life situation where yeah. the anxiety would have helped me gather food. Sure. Or help, help me pull my family away from a bad situation to right. stay alive. Yeah, so, so one, it would have been useful. Right. So one way to think of it is positive emotions like euphoria, excitement, those kinds of, those those things like right. they motivate you toward gain. Really. Yeah. Whereas right. like negative stuff, anxiety, pain, even pain, pain's not bad. We have pain. People feel pain. Right. That's a good thing. So anxiety and pain, those are like defenses motivating you towards uh threats and bad stuff. Like you know, they're they're functional. So it leads me to this right. and you know, like I said, addicts and alcoholics are most likely people that that are tuned in more. Like they're more rewarded by stuff. They feel rewards more sensitively, and so therefore, even more so, are given to oh heroin. Oh, it got me, or alcohol, whatever. Right. Um, so the the thing about it is, it just kind of leads me to thinking that people are more divert. Like the right and wrong of everything doesn't make sense really to me, and it just seems like there's really a diversity of people. Not di- a lot of things we we call them disorders, but they're just not. They're just diversity of the, of a brain. So I don't really have it fit into, and I'm not trying to lead to a thing about depression. I can't really figure that one out. Um, but certainly anxiety disorders and stuff like that. I don't. I mean, it's just a different. Like that's just different. It's, it's a different way of a brain and a human and motivations and rewards and insecurity and all those things. They're, they're just different ways of being. I don't think they are necessarily really or shouldn't be looked at as bad because they would be good in a different situation. So it's right. not this is good, that's bad. It's the situation is just the one that we're in. And so 
you have to <laughs> figure out how to adapt to it or set it for you. Like some people oh, have to go running is, to manage. Uh, I, you know? I have friends and especially one, I don't think she would care, but our friend Sarah, who uh, was told she has a speech impediment because her R's were Oz. Mm-hmm. Oz, right? So she actually thinks, she, she'll she still say that. Occasionally, yeah, I used to have a speech impediment, or I have a speech impediment. Sometimes I get I stutter over my words, or I say Oz, yep. or Willies. You know, like I, I, don't, you know, I don't say really, I say Willie, or something like that. You know, the R's are right. weird. And that isn't true. They don't have a speech impediment. Have you ever heard anybody from Germany and they, they just say like their B's, B's and W's differently? And the, the truth is, that's just some construct that we had. That's right. And so how we actually pronounce the R sound is harder it's for arbitrary us. It's arbitrary. Yeah, is yeah it's it totally is. arbitrary. But since it, we say R, we say Ralph instead of Walf, then it's wrong. <laughs> you're, you're wrong and you actually have a problem. And then that causes wow. this weird anxiety because it didn't matter. <laughs> the anxiety that came from it was, is fake or yeah. is based on something that's totally fake. Yeah. If, if everybody said, uh, oh, will we? Oh, that, that's awesome. Like, you would, <laughs> nobody would, you wouldn't feel bad. If everybody just did that, and you know what, most people do. Uh, my kids, all, oh, all, kids definitely uh, do. Mostly say that, and we train them. Go, nope. You don't say your R like you don't say Oz. You say R, or else you're messed and they up. Go, oh, I, I'm wrong. There's so would it be wrong. a benevolent thing then to name your your next kid Walf W A L F? I would love that. Walf. I would love that. I think we should get rid of the R sound. I've decided. Notice that I got rid of the P. Ruby. Wooby. I love calling her Wooby. Notice that I got rid of the P H in Ralph as well when I did that. Wow. W A L F is how I would do it. I would go phonetic with everything. Matt, would this be an example of what you're talking about? I, I was. Uh, recounting with Priscilla the other day, I, I, you remember that this is another story from 15 years ago. Oh but, wow, that's okay. a shocker! Wow. <laughs> huh? But my first year as a school hey, teacher, it's probably longer than 15 years ago. No, it's first year as a school teacher. Uh, okay, first year as a school teacher, and I went on a field trip, got to know this boy's mom really well, and okay, I'm not trying to. I'm send- starting to like this story. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I need to preface by saying she was definitely looked like a mother to me. I was twenty. Hell yeah, Joe. Oh, yeah. Years. Oh, this is getting filthy. <laughs> nice. Thank you for the preface. Get Triple X Church on here, man. Twenty-two years old. <laughs> Set the alarm off. This lady's shorter. Uh, Hell more, yeah. More overweight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's something. You that's are filthy. That's my type. So anyway, got to know her a little bit. And Real then, good. Uh, I so let's fast forward two or three months later. I'm putting on the sexy music. I love this story. This that is your too. greatest 15 year old story. She was shorter, a little overweight. What? I'm just waiting. I can't. I can't well, talk. I, well, well, first of no, all, Joe was trying to say he's rating, but he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, you don't have right, it. So, Joey's rating. <laughs> So anyway, uh, fast forward like four months, and I'm uh, at the school parking lot. We're about to leave for an overnight trip, Mm -hmm. and I see this kid's mom, and she's with her husband. And so I'm like, hey, how's how's it going? Shake the guy's hand, do my awkward half hug that Toby's seen a billion times at church uh, around uh, this woman's shoulders, and uh, think nothing of it, come back from the trip. When I come back from the trip, this man comes up to me. And he says, I need to talk to you, young man. I said, yes, sir. He said, I do not appreciate how you touched my wife. You put your, you put your hands on her. And then he basically went into how the white man has taken everything away from him in the past and his people. And, you know, this is an African-American man. 
And basically, I mean, he was so angry. He took uh, a stick that he was holding and hit it up against a tree. He said, I got to walk away. I'm, I'm just getting too angry. And I was dumbfounded. I, I don't know if you remember this or not, but when I came home, Toby was the only one there. And Toby asked me how I was dripping everything. I started talking. I just started sobbing because I was like an emotional mess. I was like, I don't, I don't even know what happened. I don't know why that happened. So are you saying that was unmerited insecurity that came from his past, basically, as far as like his learned insecurity from his ancestors that he's that he still has that's not no he was dead on you were yeah, yeah it's just you're just a, yeah you were first of all that and then you're the example because you couldn't control it and you started crying like a little baby an hour later when you got home yeah you that's, that's a good example <laughs> no i mean i would actually say both of those are examples of, of operating out of like uh more primitive i'm not it sounds like that's derogatory but it's a little bit more primitive that he would he he knew that he actually did something he said i need to walk away here he realized that there's some deeper thing happening in me that maybe isn't logical and is not going to be helpful and he used the cognitive analytical part of his brain to say he had to walk away there that's what i'm saying that's the thing that's very very hard to do like for instance why couldn't you say i don't want to cry here so i won't he actually showed more control there over his emotional state than you did. I'm not Wasn't criticizing there, or making judgment. I'm just no, that's fine. Wasn't there a period of time though when he would have had to yeah, absolutely his wife that's from right. and that put his hand on absolutely hundred percent. So what I'm saying is that that's valid that he felt that way and not bad. And then on top of that, yeah, you have to use your cognitive function and analytical to realize, wait a minute, this is 2002. It is safe. He probably wasn't doing that. I've, I learned that. I can understand that. And right. it's very difficult, but now I have to control this. But I'm, I'm verifying that, yeah, that, that natural thinking of his would have been advantageous in most – the fact that he was willing to do confrontation, that he knew something needed to be you – know, and, and that was based on good experience that he's had in his family. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like he'd seen that stuff. So he sure. – to you – to him – it was a total disrespect to you. It wasn't anything, but right. that's also what Matt's saying. He could All be labeled as an insecure jerk, that's territorial jerk, violent territorial jerk. I mean, at least he didn't beat you up. He would have been wrong to, of course, but that's just a construct of the way our society happens to be. And yeah. if we lose the power grid and goes all back to it, first of all, you won't be going on a field trip, but and then if somehow he found you with your arm around his wife or whatever it would be or talking to her, then he'd be right to be, to be careful. Right. So it's not right or wrong necessarily. It's really crazy. I promise you, if something bad happens, end of the world scenario, you know how Christians like Joey love talking about it's the end of the world. It's not like everybody's going to be like, oh, man, uh, the, the the people that got left behind, I feel so bad. Everybody's going to be bad. I mean, that, that that's the whole, the end of the world scenario, the apocalypse and all that stuff. It's because we actually are bad. It's going to get real it's just bad. just put us back to us I mean, being ourselves. Yeah. Think, I mean, like, like, think about the power. Like, right now, turn off the air conditioning in every church in America and don't turn it back on for one month. I guarantee you ain't many people going to church for a month, even though they're telling you how important it is and how much you need to turn off the air condition in every church for six months. And all, all church people, you know, don't, don't, even, don't even worry about giving the money away or whatever it might be. Just turn it off. Turn off the heat and the air condition. I guarantee you, you'll see a drastic yeah. change in attendance at church. And, the, and, the and beha- how, how about the behavior? How about the behavior of the people that are there in the uncomfortable heat? How oh. about this? Trap some people in an elevator for 12 hours. Sure. Yeah. Well, sure. Watch what happens. I heard an old joke one time. Said, uh, a pastor said that uh, the only time you hear some people from the congregation say the name of Jesus is in the parking lot. And they're trying to leave. <laughs> Jesus. Good Lord, get the hell out of the way. Anyway, man, I love it, man. I, I am 
I promise you, there is something inside of me that wants to see what people, because I love people watching and seeing the psychology of people. There is something in me that would love to see what people would be like immediately. It's crazy, What would it be like six months from now, seriously, if the power's gone and you got to start just trying to find Mm -hmm. your own food? Because think about how quickly people would fight over food. Just food. Oh, yeah. I mean, if if they told you right now if, uh, you know, terrorists— uh, dropped a bomb on some kind of power grid, and there was going to be no more power in South Carolina, just uh, South Carolina, Georgia, and North Carolina for several months. I promise you, things would get just crazy, they get terribly bad. Well, the, the Walking Dead such a great show for the reason that they don't focus on the zombies, but the human part of it. There's a right. there's one one season where they come up on a community and then become a part of a community in a safe place, yeah. and it's yeah. as if life gets to be back to normal to them and it's just so bizarre and eerie and you can right. see they don't even really talk about it but you can see the tension for them to be like I don't think we can go back to being normal right. with air condition or electricity or whatever it would be like right. society like once that once been exposed to them what people and what life is really like totally the, it makes the it makes our lives today and the lives inside that community just look absurd and fake yeah. and dumb like it's weird yeah. it's crazy. and, and the, that's that's the thing I want everybody to hear is do not get on your high horse and think, oh, man, the right. people in the past were just racist and terrible and killers and murderers and awful, and, and now we're a better society. All we have is no, more exactly the same. Yeah. We have a little bit better technology. And, so, and societal uh, constructs and efficiency of information exchange. It's not even just technology. It's just like practice with legal systems and repercussions. It's just practice. Like society, we have thousands of years of practice being a society, so we're better at it. Yeah. But. I want to keep talking about this. I got one more thing I want to say. Okay. Well, this is going to be a long podcast, but no, oh well. That's fine. Um, I'm watching this show, and I won't give it away, but it's called Helix. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think I think you and Bridget would actually really yeah, like I'll it. Check it very, out. Very sciencey. Um, all kinds of crazy stuff happens. But just one idea on it is that there are some people that are immortals. That's what they call themselves. They're not necessarily they can die, but they can basically mm-hmm. if there's nothing you know massive uh you know catastrophic event to their body they live uh-huh. for you know can basically live forever um like they could drown or something anyway um and i just thought i they really did give me the thought what would christians seriously what will happen to christianity if they cure death in a sense like what happens if you live oh yeah 5000 years well certainly are, are a different you, topic but interesting you know what i mean like i know you i mean you might still could die or something but yeah let's save that for another another time but i actually really like that i'm going to bring that up on the next podcast cuz i love that idea of because we die that lends itself very much so to hoping for that afterlife and believing in God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, wait a minute. I only got 80 years. Well, will you boil that down, more. Christian-wise, you boil that down to the notion of if you could make a robot clone back up your consciousness onto a hard drive, right? when would you choose to die? No, believing, as you claim, that you'll be resurrected and be in heaven. So you say you believe that now. It's really easy to believe right. knowing you're going to die in right. 15 years or 40 years. But if you could back up your hard drive and take go a technological way of keeping yourself from dying, would you avoid heaven for a hundred more years or a million more right. or who permanently? Because you don't really you don't have a guarantee of that. Maybe you don't really believe. We'd say who really believes if you could if you could back yourself up and guarantee you didn't die until you wanted to. How right. long would you avoid heaven? <laughs> Seriously, hey, I know forever. I, if you didn't, if, and you're never going to get what the guarantee. Would you need it for? What you'll, would be better? You'll never have the guarantee that your faith is correct. When would you decide to turn that hard drive back up off? Right.
You wouldn't. No, I, a lot of people wouldn't. Some people would. I don't I mean, know. There'd be some people that at a certain point you go, I'm just tired of living. Well, it would so separate I'm, who I'm, really I'm, believes or has oh, the faith sure. is what I'm saying. That'd be the interesting yeah, thing. Yeah, would you turn it off in 80 years? That's what I mean. Everybody's devastated when you die now, no matter how old you are. All right, uh, we'll do a quick news here. And I'm going to, we'll just, just end with this news. In a world. In a world. Where, uh, Clemson Tigers could win a national championship. Mm-hmm. That's not what I wanted to say. That's what I said. I'll do the news for you if you want me to. You want to do the news today? No, I had a really sorry. good one here set up. It's Christian for you. Ooh. I thought this is a lot of people have been sending this Christian. to me, so I'm going to do it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in, in a world where Joey's lounging is still, even though I. No, it's not that bad today. At the beginning, I, Matt, you saw me physically move my table and my seats, and he's still, after moving away, still able to touch my feet. His feet are lounging and touching my feet. It's unbelievable. I moved away by two feet, and you still are lounging so hard that it's still touching me. Um, anyway, anyway let me lean, lean in here and find this. Uh, this comes from roving reporter Cody Fields, and a bunch of people were posting this on Facebook as well. But okay. uh, Kenneth Copeland, God gave us private jets because you can't talk to God and coach. And I, 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 heard I was that. thinking we just <laughs> – I was thinking we could even end on this because I – there's a video that goes along with him saying it. So, uh, do y'all want to play the video and talk about it, or you just want to play the? If you can, if you the have the capacity to play it into the microphone, go for it. Oh, I do, I do. But uh, basically, Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis on December 29, 2015, uh, broadcast of Believers of Voice of Victory. The Believers Voice of Victory claimed that God gave them their private jets because you can't talk to God on commercial airliners. In other words, they claim they have that they have important conversations with God, which would otherwise be impossible if they were flying coach. <laughs> and this comes from piratechristian.com, which is kind of cool. They're kind of calling these pastors out, like, hey, what are you doing? Pirate Christian, I like that. Yeah, I know. It's kind of a cool thing. But anyway, I wanted to play the video for you guys and uh, see, see what you guys think. Uh, I guess you'll just hear audio. But yep, that's good. I, I can look it up on piratechristian.com. And it's on uh, YouTube as well. All right, here we go. <laughs> but first, before I read the scripture, Amos chapter six, Brother Copeland, I was flying home from a meeting and I had come out of a glorious meeting. I had just finished me and Cruffalo Dollar were preaching, had a glorious meeting. So I was, for lack of a better way to say it, I was spiritually high. I said, people yeah. were saved, touched and blessed. Got in the plane that God so graciously gave us. And we're flying home. As I was going home, the Lord real quickly, he said, Jesse, do you like your plane? <laughs> you know, I thought that's an odd statement. He gave, I said, well, certainly, Lord. He said, do you really like it? And I thought, well, yes, Lord. He said, then he said this. So that's it? I didn't know how to handle it for me. I went, what? He said, you're going to let your faith stagnate? And when he said that, that shocked me. I went, whoa, wait. I literally unbuckled my seatbelt, my plane. I stood up. My pilots looked right and said, do you need something? I said, no, no, I'm talking to God right now. And he went back to flying. I said, Lord, I don't think I was letting my faith stagnate. He said, so this is all I could ever do. I said, you want, you, you're trying to tell me something. He said, go to the book of Amos. So if you had the book of Amos, I want to read the scripture. May I interrupt you there for a second? Here we go. Mm -hmm. You couldn't have done that on an airliner. (laughs) No, sir. No way. Stand up and say, what'd you say, Lord? Why not? Okay, no, yeah. 
And the guy sitting over there saying, what the hell does he think he's doing? This is so important. And those of you that are, that are just now coming into these things, um, oh, in, in the first place, I know this is Jesse long, and and, it's and, over. and I and and others, Keith Moore and Creflo and all of us, they, the world is in such a shape we can't get there without this. That's right. <laughs> We've got to have this. We would have the mess that the airlines are in today. I would have to stop. Oh I'm being very conservative. <laughs> at least seventy-five to eighty, more like ninety percent of what we're doing, because you can't get there from here. It's impossible. So we we ha and and this was such a good illustration. I just oh, yeah. the Lord impressed me. That's why we're on that airplane. We can talk to oh, God. Lord we God. can. We, it's we, it, this it's, is just when I was flying for Oral Roberts. Anyway, I want to hear The most insidious thing. It's so interesting. And it just literally, I just, I mean, this might send me to hell. I can't believe those two guys. I, that, they're full of shit. Yeah, I mean, of that course is, they are. That is the biggest bullshit thing in the whole world. At least they're not and, full of effing shit and, like Driscoll. Well, <laughs> I, should, I, I was trying to clean it up a little bit. But you cannot do that. That is yeah. just, if anything makes me not want to be a part of the Christian crowd, it's that. And those right. guys are wrong, people. That That is not true. You don't need your own airliner to get somewhere. <laughs> and the airlines are in such a shambles in the way they are. He wouldn't be able to do 90% Go what? Who like to what is he, what is he talking about? Well the same the same guy that's so powerful enough to bless them with these big nice jets is not powerful enough to have a conversation with them on a coach. Oh, <laughs> Without I know. having to send them a yeah, and, and that wouldn't be a good thing if people saw you stand up and praise the Lord on yeah. coach? Yeah. That would be an amazing thing. I mean, well, it's just it's the stupidest thing in the whole world. Well, it's fake. I mean, and it's it's marketing. It's fake. And it's uh, the most insidious thing I believe that said there was he goes, and you know, he paused, and some of you guys that are just coming into this. So right. what they're selling essentially is you'll be here. That's why, right. that's why people, that's why the whole, uh, a lot of they, they say of, uh, the Republican Party kind of does the same thing. It's all it's a, that you have all these super poor people who are protecting the wealth of the rich, mainly because they believe one day they will be rich, and then their wealth will be protected. So right. the, those of you who are coming into this, as he said, once you are really in your walk with God, once you're talking to Him, once you have your jet, once you have all these things, then and that's the people that support support them that think that's you know where they're headed. It just makes me like sick, well. though. I mean, come on, it just it, it, this guy, these two. Pastors are not important enough to have to go somewhere that, that, to get something done. And if so, Lord, I, I hope the Lord smotes them. Like, I, I don't, I, I mean, or smote me, Lord. Well, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I want to be smote or them smote, or I want to, something serious happened where I realize I'm wrong. Yeah. I want, I want to be wrong that they are, that they are right and they're telling the truth. I don't believe it. And I, I, I think it's just, it's a bunch of shit for people to be saying stuff like that mm -hmm. and for pastors to be super wealthy and rich. It, I, I don't even care about the money, but to justify it like that, it, it makes no sense to me at all. And maybe I'm wrong. And like we've said before, we don't care. If somebody has a lot of money, maybe they're saying it in the open. Maybe they are just saying it in the open and it's fine. But that is just outrageous to know that people in their congregation are probably maxing out their credit cards, giving them money for that jet. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> like, that's, that's a insane. good thing. Like that's a good thing. Anyway, like I, and I'm the only one that would ask this stupid question because I'm the one that thinks about this stuff. What percentage of of the people that are on top of the totem pole, like your that was Kenneth Copeland, right? Yeah, Creflo Dollar and all those guys. What percentage are saved? Do you think they're Christians? 
I, I, I think, think they, they are. probably. Yeah, yeah, I think I mean, they are. I don't I, I think really they are. I think, I think they're completely deceived. And that's what I'm saying. How how can a church be so against a, a person's private lifestyle in their bedroom, but totally support and lift up these men for this uh, absurd lifestyle that they're living? I yeah. mean, seriously, like the, the 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 wealth that has infiltrated their lifestyle is just outrageous. To me. It's that's a, a crazy blind spot. There, there's some people that are absolutely false people that are just there for money. I'm yeah. not saying I wouldn't say who that would be, but for the most part, you would assume it's a blind spot. And additionally, I would add that certainly we have them too. It's just not about the, oh, yeah. super, right. as silly or as obvious perhaps as that. But yeah, I think obviously that that's, that's certainly possible. This gives me I want to talk about a bunch of this kind of stuff anyway. I'd like to do some more church stuff, so let's do another episode, either the next one. Y'all stay tuned, listeners, for either the next one or the one after that. I'm not sure if we have an interview next or whatever, but I really would like to talk about what makes me feel weird in that, what I think is really false about that type of interchange and what what pastors do and that kind of like marketed media is. So we'll do an episode where we spend a lot of time on on that and and what all that is. Uh coming up real soon, Joey, do we need we got an interview with you and one of our club members, don't we? We got to yeah, do we that sure today. Do, but before we do that, before we hear from Ben Archer, one of our longest standing club members, I want to give some shout outs. We've got a new sign up that uh, has been influenced by Mr. Toby Morrell. Really? And first name Lickma, and his last name is Blue Balls. <laughs> that's a, yeah, a that's, new club that's member. An, that's an actually that's an official club member. That's not sign making up. up the name either. I mean, it, it is, but that is how he signed it. <laughs> <laughs> Lick my blue balls. <laughs> and uh, we want to. Why are they blue, sir? <laughs> uh, hello to Misty, uh, who came by and, and said, What's up to Toby and I this Sunday morning? Yep. Thank you. And then uh, here's here's the, the standard list Kevin Young, Daniel Aiello, Aiello, Brian France, Austin Biggs, Garrett Breitzman, Ellershaw, Jacob Spencer, Jared Moore, Hiram Dominique, no, no, Dominguez. Tyler Mullins, Rebecca. Dom, what was that? Dominguez. 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 Guez? Tyler Mullins, Rebecca Pooler, James Laco, Nicholas B. Woods, Todd Seving Jr. Thank you guys. Hey, you know, here's what's crazy is. Did you just interrupt whole, yourself? Yeah. Well, no, I'm done. <laughs> You're on fire right now. The most, uh, the most common reason why people drop out of the club. Do y'all know why? I didn't. I'm not aware that anybody's stupid enough to ever drop out of the club. Yeah. Uh, the the most common by far, I would say, ninety five percent is got to get my finances straight. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I like, believe it. Got a new job, or I lost my job, or just cutting, you know, trimming it. Most people say, "Hey, I'm going to be back." Very rarely is it. I don't like what you guys are doing anymore. Don't want to support you guys. So. Uh, I, uh, Thanks for clearing that up, Joey, because everybody thought people who just were really thinking. Right. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I, I've got a list of people that it are gonna, shows your insecurity there, my brother. Yes, it does. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Your anxieties. I'm gonna give a list of people who are gonna come back when they get their finances in order. Okay. All right. That's. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna really do that. <laughs> All right, let's okay. bring on you Very and Ben good. Archer. All right, so you talked to Ben Archer. All right, let's let's hear our from our Australian friend. Ben's Aussie our buddy. Friend. All right. Hey, well, uh, to our listeners, Ben is actually someone that Matt, Toby, and I have been able to hang out with some in Australia when we were at Easter Fest, and so 
Uh, ben, we are going to continue our tradition of asking three tough questions, and the you know kind of the the deal that we're putting you in is if you don't answer one of these questions, like if you have to say pass, then yep. we're not going to let you give us your money anymore. You know, so All it's right. just like That's fair enough. It, you know, we we just can't accept it anymore. You know, I mean. <laughs> All right, so first question is. All right. This is a tough one. This may be the toughest question we've asked so far. Would you and your spouse be tempted to do this? So obviously, uh, this, there's going to be theological implications of this. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Ben is a Christian brother. We know a lot of our audience are not Christians. That's okay. Well, Ben is one. So would you and your spouse, and I know y'all are engaged right now, would y'all be tempted with the following scenario? Ben has an opportunity to have sex with a woman that he's extremely unattracted to for $5 million. Like, would that even be a temptation at all for you and your wife? I'd say no. All right, and explain why. Yep. Um, main reason is is I'm incredibly unattracted to her. <laughs> <laughs> that, that has, it's not even a temptation for me, let alone the money aspect. So I don't even know if it'd be physically possible. Gotcha. That's true. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Maybe it's impossible. Awesome. Yep. All um, right. Um, I won't put you in the moral predicament that Joey did, but, but I will ask this. Uh, in a fight, who would win, Joey or Matt, and why? Ooh, <sighs> Joey, I love you, but I'm going to say Matt. That's all right, because <laughs> he, he just has just no concept of other people's pain, and he says as much as he's just going to go <laughs> all in. Yeah. Well, I, I no offense taken, but uh, you are a hundred percent wrong on that. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you, <laughs> in fact, I've been in a situation with Matt before in Seattle where this gigantic guy kind of stepped up to Toby and I, and Matt literally almost like took 10 steps back. Like I was like, Matt, if I was really in trouble, would you step up and help me out? It was it was really funny. So you're yeah, wrong, and that's you, okay, but, man. That is okay. <laughs> but if you two are arguing, he's going to be angry. <laughs> he's going to be coming at you. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite food, Ben? Pizza. All right, pizza. How much would someone have to pay you to give it up forever? So one lump sum of money. Here you go, Ben. I'm paying you this amount of money, but you cannot have pizza for the rest of your life. What what, what amount of money is that? That five million from before would be really good for that. <laughs> no way. No way. Yep. You're kidding yep, that, me. You would not accept a million dollars. I'd go. I'd try and compromise around a million. I'd probably oh go. Oh my god. Okay, let, let's go for like ten years. Ben, you love you some pizza. <laughs> yeah, of course I do. Dang. I mean, I love pizza too, but I think, yeah, a million dollars, I think I could give that up. And here's 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 part of it too is, I think, won't they have pizza in heaven? This is true. This is true. And it's going to be perfect well, pizza too. Perfect pizza. <laughs> I, I, I mean, my, my domino's down the road. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I can get perfection for $5 there. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, uh, what's your, uh, and I know you've told me before, what's your fiance's name? Kim. Kim. Awesome, man. Well, we wish you guys the best. Looking forward to hearing about y'all's uh, wedding, and maybe you can post a picture or two on the, the BC Club page. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so tell us just a snapshot um, <clears throat> what compels you to, uh, to support us 
uh, at Bad Christian because we obviously aren't doing everything right. So why why do you support us? <laughs> the number one reason why I support support you guys financially is first of all I love the podcast. I think it's a really entertaining way to blow an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and second reason is I relate with a lot of what you guys are saying with regards to the church yeah because even though no you guys are based in america and america's i get the impression america's got a very big mega church culture right. um we've still got a lot of the same issues just happening here in australia the thing is that instead of impacting a church of say twenty thousand, right. it's impacting a church of 200 and you just get that on such a smaller level but exactly the same issues that we're appearing everywhere and so the more that we have alternate ideas and different ways of um, doing church talked about in the christian atmosphere here in australia yeah. and also overseas i think could be a um yeah can only do good and no harm sweet man thank well dude man. we really do appreciate it taylor did you say something i'm sorry Sounds no like i i, I just said thank you and uh appreciate you coming on oh no problem thanks for having me on <laughs> Awesome. All right, man. We will see you. Thank you very much. Tell uh, Kim hello. Will do. Will do. Take care, guys. God bless. All right, right, Ben. Bye. All right, Joey. That was another good interview, my friend. He's a nice guy. eh? Yeah, Ben's cool. Okay, so I'll tell you what we'll do. I've I've thought of this during that interview there of how we'll structure the next couple episodes. We're going to do... We're gonna let's have Andrew Schwab on next episode. That sound good to you guys? He's been a yes, long requested person. Yeah, so stay tuned. Hot. Stay tuned this weekend, and we'll have an interview with Andrew Schwab. And then I'm gonna postpone till just beyond that. We're gonna have a episode that I think is gonna be really great. Um, and we're gonna talk about some church and some stuff like that. And uh, we're gonna go ahead and I'll, we'll go ahead and call that episode uh, "Death of the Sermon." Sound good to you guys? Sounds good. I got that idea from y'all, but I think it'd be interesting to talk about. So we'll do that and go through a bunch of that church stuff. That was actually my on idea. That one. It's Toby's yeah. idea. So it's let's good. do that. So Andrew Schwab this weekend, and then Death of a Sermon coming up on uh, next week. It was really cool. Um, Joey was telling me over the holidays that it was it was really warm here, so he took his family down to the beach, and they just walked on the beach. They didn't go in the water or whatever, but Joey sat down, and it was kind of a crazy thing. Uh, some people saw him, and they tried to – Push him back into the water. They thought yeah. he had been beached. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.